We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. You probably know the feeling. Sweaty, fast breathing, quick heart rate. That's a cortisol spike. It feels awful and its imbalance is the cause of your anxiety. Rebalance Health's three-part anxiety system helps address it at the root. Rebalance Health lozenges are natural and designed for optimal absorption, providing 24-hour relief. Live life fully without feeling like you're fighting for it. Get 50% off your first month with code CALM23 at rebalancehealth.com. All right, this time I'm actually going to declare a slide. You don't know how many times I almost started talking, but this time it is time. Tuesday, 1230 Eastern PGA Strategy Show from Osmo.com. I am Ben Raza. I am joined second week in a row. His Davis Riley calls were so good that we had to move mountains to bring him back. The Oilers are winning games. Everything is clicking. Jeff Ulrich is in the house, sir. You got game one tonight of of your boys. How you feeling about that? And then of course, we're going to talk a lot about the Memorial today. Yeah, no, feeling pretty good about the Oilers chances here. Um, I mean, it's, you know, you can't, I can't just sit here and be like, you know, smash the Oilers. They're going to the cup, but it's going to be a close series. I think you see this go at least six games. Um, I think the Oilers have a real shot though. And I mean, again, if, if you're looking in the futures odds and stuff like that, to me, they kind of have to be the bet. There's so much money that the books have in on the avalanche just from preseason and stuff right now. Like there's just uh, there's, there's little, there's little to go off of. So, um, you know, I, I think the Oilers are, are a team where if they get to the finals too, they're going to have a great shot. I know the lightning are great, but I think you'll get them as a good value there too. So yeah, still high on the Oilers. Um, I think this series will be, will be close. The Oilers played them really good, really good over the last 20 games of the season, two games should have won both split them. But um, yeah, this is going to be a great series, man. It's going to be a good time. We of course have hockey coverage there. My Rangers won last night, but we're here to talk about the PGA. We're here to talk about Muirfield village, but I want to go back. And talk a little about Charles Schwab. It was it was entertaining. Colonial provided a, a very real test. Uh, the theme, and I, I said this yesterday on a show, to me, recently in the PGA, is guys winning tournaments when on Sunday, they're not even in contention, really. And all of a sudden, you look at the leaderboard, Spieth, when he knocked off Cantlay, Justin Thomas at the PGA, and now Sam Burns kind of comes out of nowhere. What did you make of a wild Sunday at Colonial? Yeah, I mean... I, I had the right idea. Like I added Mito late on Sunday and I'm like, you know, I just like Scheffler, he's just due. He's just due to give us an average round. And I was right. And it, it really irks me that Varner. I ended up with a winner, winner because I also grabbed a piece of Harold Varner on Saturday. So at one yes. point I had Riley, cause like you said, and I had Varner and Mito had shot himself out of the tournament by then, but I had two guys at 10 or better. And there was four players left. And one of them was Brendan Todd. So I basically was just fading at that point. Yep. So you're like, I mean, yeah, I just, the, 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 those three minutes for Davis Riley, I mean, it's a young player. It's going to happen, but he should have won that tournament. I mean, like, it's not even close. Had a great week, gained over seven strokes on approach again. And like you said, man, I mean, the PGA rearing its head with these, these setups and like late Sunday, these courses can get dried out. They can get really tough to make birdies and, Sam Burns is a great young player and, you know, he, he benefited and, and he was in the right spot and shout out to anyone who had him. I mean, he, he was, he's, he's a player who kind of gets just undervalued still in the betting odds, Sam Burns, you know, I don't know if that's going to happen anymore going forward, but you know, he's a 30 to one Will Xander's at like 16 to one, things like that. So I don't know. It's, it is a trend. I wouldn't, I wouldn't expect this to happen every week, but it, it does show like this, this, we probably ran well early in the season with like this not happening like the, the, the meltdowns. And now we've kind of had like three in a row. So it's, it's been fascinating. Yeah. You mentioned these guys, it seems like they come out and they just understand, take it, push it to the ceiling. Every time you'll probably miss more cuts than the average player, but you're going to win. Uh, and Sam Burns certainly does that. I was with you. I had a Varner ticket. I thought that Hovland sneaky was in great position going into the weekend and he was a straight non-factor. Uh, so there was a lot to get to there. 
We're going to turn the page, though. We're going to talk about the Memorial. Before we do, though, you see it on the screen. They've been with us all year. Yahoo Fantasy. If you haven't been over there, you can play PGA, of course, and they've got fantastic contests, less rake, and really flexible pricing, which I love. You can load up on super teams. And if you sign up and you're a new user, you get one free month of Awesome Plus Platinum with your first-time deposit and paid contest entry. That info is in the link, and it's on the screen. No reason not to get over there just if you want the free month too. I mean, that's a great value. You get all the sports from PGA to NBA to NHL, everything in between. So I'd really encourage people to talk and go head over to Yahoo. We're going to talk about that on Live Before Lock tomorrow. But the Memorial is, uh, you know, it's colonial-esque where we, we know what we're getting here. We've seen Muirfield Village a lot, Jack's tournament. I like this course. What are your impressions when, when we head here of what you want your guys to be able to do? Yeah, I mean, Memorial's just like a tough test. Obviously, Jack Nichols, Jack, Jack Nicholas sets it up that, you know, he's he's gonna almost set Jack Nicholas. Can't almost. handle the truth. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but yeah, he sets it up. So it's just testing, like obviously, like a variety of factors of players' games and uh, especially on the approach shot. Like, you know, if you're not, if you're not bringing it with the approach, you're gonna end up in a bunker or or have a tough out. I mean, he wants to penalize you. On, on the approach shots when you miss. So um, always looking for guys trending well there, but it, it, you know, around the green game, just, it, it really does. And you, you see it every year. Like we get these weird guys pop up, you know, like Danny Willett will pop up, but it's because he's like gaining, he's just so good around the greens here. And so you get these random players pop up with weird weeks and it's because the greens can just eat up players, I think. So interesting test of golf. You will definitely see some players eject this week, most likely. Um, some of them will be good players too, but, um, you know, very much emphasizing strokes gain approach. And, um, again, if you're, if you're looking for players down, I really recommend like players who just, you know, think can save you in a couple different ways. Maybe they're trending okay with approach, but also have that around the green game where they can just, you know, figure it out quick. Then, uh, that can save them too. Definitely a course that has some elements of what we see at Augusta, in my opinion, really fast yeah. greens, the rough can be punishing. You, I mean, you, I was going to, I wasn't going to complain during the show that much, but you bring up Danny Willett two years ago here, Danny Willett was on a super team of mine and he legit, I don't have it in front of me, but he shot something absurd on Sunday, him and Finau mega coffin me in 2020 here, but he did pop up for three days. Uh, I don't know where he ultimately finished. I'll, I'll reference that somewhere in the show, but anyway, I agree. I think that it's a pretty true, true, fair test of golf. You have the par fives to take advantage of. The scoring is difficult. And it's an all around field where we, we have a lot of the major, you know, players. This is a major type field. It's an invitational. Do you do anything with that? I always like to ask that, you know, it's not a full field per se, or do you just say all that means kind of like last week is maybe we see more six of six. I mean, I think it's, it's a better chance and there's a, it's a better week to go like full stars and scrubs, like really mm-hmm. take, take shots with those guys down the list. And um, again, it's, I think that the type of course too, we're getting this week, like we, we, I know we talked to this, uh, like a lot of guys we liked in the balance range last week, but even go last week, like stars and scrubs probably would have really worked out well for you, like a Scheffler burn start, you know, that kind of thing. And I think it's going to be even more emphasized this week because I mentioned, you know, like you'll get guys down there and I'm just, I was just, perusing last year's leaderboard uh like right before the show and like you know like anton rosner was in there you know like in the top 20 and 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 players like that and and there's there's definitely more examples of that so um i I think it's a week where like stars and scrubs is not only like going to be effective but it's also going to be the contrarian build because we've got all these young players stuffed in the same range and you basically almost have to go balance if you want two of them so yeah, I'm I'm definitely looking because it's invitational and just because of the setup and stuff where you know the 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 6,500 and under guys might be pretty live. So to I use, don't not to win, just to use. It. Yeah, just a good yeah, good clarification. clarify. I'm not betting, yeah. you know, uh, Hudson Swafford this week. So that's what they all say, David Lingworth. <laughs> um, you know, Yahoo's been doing this. Like I said, there's guys at the min there that are legit plays each and every week. I don't know if this is a conscious decision by DraftKings. Maybe it's a blip on the radar, but I find just like last week, several guys sub 65, and we'll talk about them later in the show, that are are more than playable. They're not just like, 
oh, this is a guy that maybe can make the cut. Like, I, I wouldn't be remotely stunned to see some of them have I mean, quality results. Yeah, I mean, I was, I was doing, I was doing nail show yesterday, and like we were literally down there, and we're like, what is that, Bo Hosler? Bo Hosler, like, yes. We were, I mean, like legit, we were just looking at the salaries. 62? Bo Hosler, sixty-two hundred. Okay, like that's news to us. So, yeah, yeah, if he if he was in the low sevens, I don't think anybody would be complaining yeah. about an overprice. So we'll tie that in. Let's get to the top tier. Here we go. We've got the big names. We've got. I mean, because Scheffler took a week off, order's been restored of what I actually envision what it should look like, which would be Rom first and Rory second. You've got Cantley's going to be an interesting name, Morikawa and Xander. So you got a big five here. Rom, I mean, he should be, you know, the back to back defending champ. I kind of consider him that. He had to withdraw with COVID last year. He was going to win. What do you do at the top here? I mean, yeah, for me, I, I mean, I mean, I just, I got to trust like the recent form and stuff. I mean, I think Rory is the play, mm-hmm. um, you know, Rahm and Cantlay again, like we're going course history and we do see guys like, you know, like Hideki at Phoenix and stuff, these players will just pop up. But like, to me, I, I just, I, I, Rory is the guy that I'm scared to fade and, and like, you know, in it, that leads to me wanting to play him in DFS over these other guys, I think at 10, nine, uh, I mean, I think Rom deserves to be the, the head honcho, but like, there, you can't really, you can't really make a case that Rory hasn't played way better than him. And it's just all Rory really needs to do is just play a little bit sharper around the greens. And we know he can do that. He was playing well around the greens to start the year. Just his ball striking wasn't there. Now the ball striking's there. So Cantlay, is he going to show up? He'll probably top 10 or like top 20 because it's the Memorial and it's Muirfield and he loves his course, but I can't like play Cantlay over, over Rory. I mean, if you want to start, and use Cantley with Rory, sure. Like, and, and I think we'll talk about that with strategy. But to me, it's got like Rory's got to be the play here. Um, Rom is is interesting, you know. Again, you know, really dominated this course last year, but man, like that the form just is it's just all over the place. And this this is still like a tough golf course. So I'm not expecting Rom to necessarily blow up, but you know, if you're expecting him to necessarily just like come in and and you know put his foot down like and, and get to minus 20 again. I think you're going to be disappointed. So I, I'm I'm firmly in the Rory stance this week. That's not news to you, probably. I'm sure you'll have a similar vibe, but that's how I'm looking at the top three guys. I, I'm yeah, I'm certainly with you. I, I know Rory has left people disappointed, but I, I do think, and maybe I'm spinning it, but to me, a lot of it is like the optics of, of where he's finishing. You know, he lead, he's leading after Thursday, then he doesn't close at the PGA, and it feels terrible that he came in eighth at the Masters. He's nowhere. He comes in second. And it's miserable that he wasn't in contention. But if you just take it at face value, second, fifth, and eighth in his last three, and two of those are majors, that's as good a form as you're going to find in this field. Rom's been doing nothing in the majors. I'm not even going to get into what Cantley's been doing in the majors. It's just been absolutely abysmal. The, the one that I have trouble with is Morikawa. He's doing mm-hmm. what he always does, surgical on the approach. He cannot putt at all right now. Do you worry that he kind of just gets gobbled up with the short game, or do you think that Maybe he's the play. He's trending right now very early, but he might be the lowest owned of the five sub 10%. Yeah. You, I mean, I think you kind of have to make a decision. Like it's again, if you're playing Rory, obviously, you know, like one more 10 K guys fine. It's really like between Xander and, and, and Morikawa where the decision to me, it's a pretty big decision too. Xander has everything you want from recent form you know, destroying it off the tee. The approaches are, are really good for him. He's probably never going to gain like eight strokes on approach or anything like that, like a more cow, but he's, he's doing good enough. And he, he can be, he can be pretty surgical around the green. So you like this, you like the course experience. I, I I'd probably just side with, with both Shoffley and, and Rory. I know they're probably going to be the chalkier of the two, but you know, when you pair two 10 guy, take it 10 K guys together, you know, that, that in itself will create you a unique lineup. So I think those two guys are the play. Um, I definitely would put Morikawa like a very close third to, to behind Shoffley. I mean, I think it's, if you're going with Morikawa over Shoffley, I understand it. And I may even like just, you know, create lineups with both or something, but um, yeah, it, that, that's to me the real decision, Morikawa and Shoffley. And, and I'll, I'll give Xander the credit because the recent form, again, I think you have to lean your hat on something. This, um, this just seems like a great setup for him. And um, I, I just trust him more, like you said, with the putter and around the greens. And you've seen, like, you know, Cantlay last year and even more Cal last year. Like, these guys were really good around the greens. And you have to be on this course. So I think you got to trust what you see right now with, with Xander. I'm, I'm with you. Xander has shown he can handle this course in, in 2020. 
came in 13th. He actually closed with a great round, but he lost five strokes putting here. I, you know, he easily could have a truly top finish. He seems to like this event. And right now, listen, it's very early in the week, but I will say our ownership projections are free today. If you want to get some insight into what we're looking at right now, we have Xander just a fraction more owned than a guy like Morikawa. And if that's the case, yeah. I'll take Xander every time. If he becomes two or three X, the ownership, then you're talking about maybe a slant pivot or something like that. But right now at 10-2, I think that Xander's a fantastic starting point. I think he's a fantastic second man in attached to a guy like Rory or, or any of them. So I'm with you there. I want to ask you about the balance build or just kind of the next batch of the top tier, which is Cameron Smith, Jordan Spieth, Will Z. Hovland, Decky, Fitzy, and Lowry, big time names. You could get two or three of these guys if you omit the, the 10K and up. Would you do that? So, I, I mean, I am really big on this 10K build. And, and I'm like, glad you brought up the ownership percentages because, yeah, like Xander really actually isn't trending that, that bigly in, in our, in our, in, in, on, the, on the site and Osmo's like early projections. Obviously, this can change on Wednesday, but. Yep. The guy who is actually up there and he's, he's right up there with speed, this Cam Smith. And I'm, I'm interested, like, I'm not, I'm not necessarily like, don't want to play Cam Smith, but if he's going to be like a top 10 owned player, I probably won't. And I'm surprised because his course history here isn't very good. Um, terrible. Yeah. It's, it's legitimately like, it's terrible. And like, we see that with a couple other players, like Berger's course history here is like beyond awful too. He's got like four missed cuts or something. So Smith is, I'm, I'm, I guess people are just trying to play off the fact that he gained so many strokes at the PGA and like his due, his putter is going to get hot this week. It's got to, because it's Cam Smith. And maybe that does happen, but I still see Cam Smith as like, you look at the nine K range and you could probably say this about Shoffley too, but when guys like Hovland and Matsuyama and even Lowry are like cheaper than Cam Smith, like, like legitimately quite a bit cheaper. I just, I have a hard time clicking on him. So Probably just going to lay off Cam Smith. And I might even lay off Spieth this week too. Um, fourth week in a row playing for Spieth. Hasn't been like super great at this course. And he gained a million strokes around the greens last week. So scares me a little bit. I, I almost just might bypass those two. And like I said, really preferring right now to start with two guys over 10K. I think that'll be more unique too. So yeah, Cam Smith's always a pain point for me. I rarely get him right. I do think this there is something to his course history. I don't think this is a good course for him. And, and so far, I mean, is he this bad? He's He's got six starts and he has nothing inside the top 65. I mean, that's ridiculous. He obviously can play well here, but is, is this the course for his life that he would pick? Definitely not. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, not a great course. Ridiculous ball striking at the PGA, but it's just an opportunity cost. Give me Xander over him. I got to ask you about Hovland though. So I really felt like I got a, not a raw deal in the sense that I got unlucky, but man, if you told me that Hovland gained four strokes putting at Charles Schwab, I would have loved my 25 to one ticket. I would have loved where I'm at. And he wasn't really even close. The ball striking wasn't great. And the around the green game once again was terrible. Does he just get eaten alive around the green here? I am actually kind of, I'm, I'm pretty into Hovland this week. You know, I, again, I think he's trending pretty highly right now in the ownership may even be like the highest projected play we have, but yep. which is a little surprising that may change towards the end of the week. But um, Hovland to me, I, I like him this week. Um, we know he came really close in 2020 at this venue and he, like the ball striking wasn't super sharp last week, but I kind of like the fact he's gained some confidence with the putter took a really long break after Augusta. And now he's played a couple events and he's, he hasn't been terrible. Like he's gained strokes off the tee. Um, he has gained strokes on approach. It hasn't been like Victor Hovland esque but it doesn't look like he's far off to me. And with a couple starts under his belt, now he's coming to a course where he's had some success and you look at where he's played well this year, Riviera Bay Hill. It's the same type of setups. You know, you got to score on the par fives. You got these really tough par threes and par fours. Like he's like the opposite of Cam Smith. Like, you say this isn't a good cat setup for Cam Smith, and I agree. Like, there's more longer approaches. You know, the, the par threes are more testing. I think it's a great setup for Hovland long-term. So the around-the-green stuff is what it is. I think it's, it's you know, with more cow and Hovland, when are these guys going to just kind of put it together for a decent week around the greens? But I'll, I'll lead into to Hovland here because he's 9,300. And I, I kind of like betting him as well. I just like the, the way he's trending. And, again, if that confidence flows over with the putter, I think you'd be in a really good spot to potentially cash in this week. So – yeah, that's a player I'm I'm definitely going to like build around. Yeah, I think for me, and this is something that, listen, the years will bear it out. But when I look at Hovland's course history, 
I don't believe that he should struggle here. I actually believe this should be a course that long-term he's going to have a lot of top finishes. And I can't say the same maybe about Cam Smith at this event. Last couple of guys, I mean, listen, they're not, uh, they shouldn't be discounted in, in any way because they're playing super consistent. Fitzy and Lowry time and time again have answered the call. Do they win a lot? Not really. Uh, but man, do they pepper the top 10 and top 20 boards What's there to say? I think they're rightfully in the 9K range at this point. Oh, absolutely. I mean, Lowry looks way undervalued, if, if anything, right? I mean, I think you can make a, a case like Fitzpatrick is probably where he should be just because, like, how much more are we going to get out of him? You know, His obviously, putter. They, His putter I, is ungodly. It's just, and it's just like you said, it's every week. Like, you just keep waiting. Okay, and, but... I don't know, man. I mean, I, I just, if you just said I'm starting with Fitzpatrick and Lowry this week, you're probably correct. Like it's probably the correct thing to do at this point. Um, Lowry to me is like the, the higher end play who, um, you know, just tee to green a little bit more solid and, and certainly, you know, feels like a play who's, who's just like ready to break through for, for a win very soon. So um, obviously good course history here too. Like I, I think it was 60 the last year in 2020, but um, regardless, he's played here a bunch um probably my preferred play of the two just because again like i'm just not sure how much more fitzpatrick can give us like it, are the approaches going to finally turn up or is he going to gain like 10 strokes putting it could happen but um i think lowry's probably the better upside play so if you're choosing one of them that's probably where i would go that's probably where the field will slightly lean to though so take that into account um yeah those two there's just like you said like there's just not much to say they're just they're just producing every week, every time at these ranges now. So, yeah, they're going to be cash viable. They're both going to be very popular. I think I would also lean to, I like both. I definitely plan to target both. Fitzy though, the, the ball striking is, I will say to his credit, he's never going to be the longest hitter, but he has made ridiculous strides off the tee. It's not yeah. a liability at all. It's actually an asset at this point, but his irons have not been great. He's gained less than one full stroke on the approach and five of six. It just doesn't show because he masks it with his putting. He converts yeah. a lot. I think Lowry's more apt, you know, doesn't mind hard conditions, doesn't mind long, difficult courses. We saw him, it was a very long time ago, but like his performance at Firestone, I'll always remember uh you know it's like a decade ago but still just the way lowry plays i think that's the move he but took i took down mind. prime speed that year didn't he i think yeah. i think it was him and like so yeah lowry can Those get it the done days. Absolutely. I, yeah. do, you, do you i assume you're comfortable having them possibly together in some lineups yeah i mean again it, it all depends on like what your preference is if you're starting two 10k guys obviously like if I'm going to actually triple dip and go with like a, um, like a, a club guy, like a 6,200 guy, like I would probably prefer hobbling over both those guys. But um, again, that's like GPP strategy. I mean, if you're, if you're starting like, like maybe one core lineup, you could do that. Uh, I would prefer probably like Lowry and Hovland just for the upside versus Lowry and, and Fitzpatrick. I think Hovland's still very consistent play. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean um, you, you could, if you start there, if you're, if you're making a balanced approach, starting with those two, you can still even add Hovland or you can go down and look for some upside in the AK range. So last question before we get to the AK range, uh, friend of the show, Matt said, will Z breaking through this Sunday? We didn't really talk about him to me. He yeah. just kind of falls in a neutral zone. I prefer Hovland and Lowry. I also prefer going up to like Xander, not opposed to the play, but what do you do with Zalatoris? Yeah. So, and, and again, like Zalatoris is, he may actually be finally like underowned a little bit at 9,400, just because we have like all the heat on coming in with Cam Young, Homa's down there and now Lowry, and he's more expensive than all of them. So I think from um, like a, a tournament perspective, like he actually may be the guy to get you some lower ownership and like a balanced build. Right. So, you know, if you're worried about your overall ownership percentage, you know, getting like, you know, say you start Fitzpatrick and Lowry, maybe like, Zalatoris is your third guy in there. And that really, that could bring down the ownership a little bit, but he's not necessarily someone that I want to go out of my way to play. Um, again, like we talked about this, I mean, is he going to gain you like three strokes putting again on like these fast screens? I don't know. I just, I don't really see it personally. I think he's a little bit overpriced and, you know, you could pay up for the ownership again, but if I wanted a little piece of Will Zalatoris, I might just throw like a little bit of money on him in the outright and just be done with it. But I, I don't know if Will Zalatoris wins. He's not really someone I've been chasing personally. Like I've obviously play him in DFS and stuff like that, but it's not, 
I haven't been like pounding the outrights every week. So I don't really have any FOMO with Will Z. If he wins, he wins. I won't really feel that bad about it. I'll congratulate the people who won. But to me, I think he's just a little bit overpriced this week. I'd, I'd much prefer Hovland. With you, so same same wavelength. Quick question. Again, we're going to get to the dates because we got some hot takes about Cam Young in this chat. Thoughts on first-time players' success on this course? Do you look at that? Do you care? What do you, what do, you do with something like that? I mean, I definitely care a little bit. Like it's, you know, it's, it's a course where the, the greens can eat you up really quick. We talked about that, but you know, if you're, if you're smashing it out like 350 and hitting the fairways and your approaches are, you know, like so much better than everyone else's, you're going to hit more greens. You're not going to have to worry about around the greens as much. So, oh man. I mean, it's, it's a tricky course. I think Cam Young at this point, we just have to give him the respect that he deserves because he's just playing so well. So I'm not overly worried about him. Um, I think for him, like if, if it's a fade, it's just like a pure ownership thing. It's not necessarily like an experience thing. Um, again, I really do prefer if, if you're doing like trying to go overweight on one strategy, like starting with the 10 K guys. And I, I think that kind of leads me to more fading this range than going overweight on it. So that's kind of my view of Cam Young. It's not like necessarily like a, Oh, he can't play well here thing. It's just kind of like how I'm looking at constructing, um, the week. And I think Cam Young is a player that I think, I think if, if he won this week, this would be surprising. Like if he won at like, you know, the last place he played, like maybe the Wells Fargo or something, that's not surprising. If he won here to me, that would be surprising. And that leads me to more being like tending to be underweight on him just because again, it's more of an all round thing, like with, with Memorial and, and Muirfield village, you gotta gain some strokes around the greens. Everyone's going to miss greens here. The greens and regulations really low. Um, I think that will eventually just hurt Cam Young's upside a little bit this week. It's you listen with Cam Young and, and you know, in chat, we had a hot take that's saying he should be ahead of guys like Morikawa and Xander. Ultimately he might end up there. Yeah. He might be that good. I also think there is a chance that Cam Young is playing as good a golf as we're going to see for a very long time from him and that he's going to regress because right now he's just doing everything, including around the green. He's gained during this little yeah. run. He's gaining around the green massively. He the putter is a little sporadic, but there's nothing to say other than he's crushing. He's going to be popular. He's going to be the most popular play, I think, in the eights, maybe him and Neiman. So I get it. Cam Young makes sense. It's not an ideal situation that he's never seen the course. And I do think this could cause some problems. Let's talk about the guys, though, because say you don't go to Cam Young. Do you pivot to Sunjay? Do you go to Homa, who's playing out of his mind? Or do you, yeah. you are the Davis Riley whisperer. Do you say, you know what? I'm going to keep playing him until he gets kind of that recognition that he deserves. Yeah. Oh, man. I mean, Davis Riley is really talented. We, we saw how much, like, just all around, all fast to the game. He'll break through eventually. It's kind of a similar story with Cam Young. Like, do, you, do we really want to take him now at a course where, you know, like the blowups can happen so quickly. I'm probably fine. Just, just leaving Riley out. Um, I, I would probably let, let, let's start with Sanjay. Cause I really like Sanjay. That's, that's who I think like the pivot in this play in, in this range should be. I know he doesn't bring the course history, but we talked about how similar this can be to Augusta and Sanjay's the, the difference with like Sanjay and Cam Smith is like Sanjay is good off the tee. Like he's not going to get you in a ton of trouble. And I think this course long-term sets up good for Sanjay. I just don't think like in three attempts, he just hasn't shown it yet for whatever reason. Um, I love the way he's playing around the green. He's gained a lot of strokes when Sanjay is playing well around the green. That's that tends to be like when he really starts to fire because he's always going to be pretty solid in the ball striking department. Um, but when he gets confident there, then it kind of flows. So I'm really looking at Sanjay M as, as like the play here for me, like the, the, the tournament play where I want to pivot to I'll play him over the other guys. Um, yeah, I, I just like the setup for him. Uh, I really do. And, and I like the, the, the Augusta comp. So that that's where I'm looking at. And, but you can pair them with, I mean, I, I, you know, looking at Cam Young and Davis Riley, I'd probably lean Cam Young this week. Um, just because the, the course is a little bit longer. We know what he can do off the tee. He's not going to get in trouble there. I might just, I'll probably just sprinkle Davis Riley. Cause like I said last week, I'm just playing him every week until in some way or getting exposure to him in some way, shape or form until he wins but I'm not really expecting much from him this week. I think it's just too big, too big a letdown from last week, what happened to. 
We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday new on curiosity stream i'm james burke i'm going to take you on a journey through time james burke's visionary series returns reimagined for our time now this is all uncharted territory the washington post hails burke as one of the most intriguing minds in the western world the new york times raves he careens from one great moment in history to another where do we want to go from here experience all new connections so what's the next connection with monthly annual and bundled plans find the one that works for you at curiositystream.com yeah yeah listen these guys it's tough i haven't been really playing them as much as the field and their talent is through the roof but i also think Sometimes it's, you know, the, the, the allure of the new guy. We have to, like, Max Holm was playing unbelievable, too. The yeah. guy is automatic right now, Tita Green. He's not the best around the green player either, but the putter is working. And then you've got Sanjay, who he, you know, he didn't play at the PGA, but, man, could his results be a lot better if the putter, which is not notoriously a liability, gave him anything. Even last yeah. week, he quietly on Saturday was putting on a clinic, just couldn't make the putts. So I like these pivots to the guys that actually, when you look at the resume, you know, give me Sanjay and Max Homa's resume over Cam Young and Davis Riley right and, now because they're so young. And with him and Homa, like we know they, they play these course as well. Like Homa's won at Riviera. Yeah. You know, him is contended at Bay Hill. Like this is, this is like the money plays for these guys. So yeah, I, I like Cam Young and Davis Riley, but I'm just, I just don't think this is the week. I mean, I, I think that, you know, when we get into like summer season, we see some of these other courses where, it's not quite as elite field. These guys will probably eat it up and, and go go nuclear one week. But I, I don't know. I, I think Sanjay and Homa, again, for DFS, they, they could be the place to. As we work down, I mean, I, I, I've said it. If you want betting content, go over to Odd Chopper YouTube. You can see my full betting card and talk about all things. And you're going to be hearing me talk about Joaquin Neiman at 45 to 1 forever because I don't believe that he should be 45 to 1 in any field. And I don't think that he should be 45 to one here. Genesis to me comps a little bit and he absolutely dusted a field of this strength from start to finish there. He's going to be popular. He's $8,300. Do you like him? Do you like anyone else in the lower eights? Yeah. I mean, uh, Neiman and Mito are, are going to be like the chalk here. Right. But I think there's a pretty clear, like Mito's great, but like Neiman on these courses, I mean like the short game, the putter's better. Like, it's just, it's just a better setup for him, in my opinion. I mean, you know, I, I don't think, I mean, it'll probably be fine. This is the fourth week in a row playing for him too, but he was kind of off before that. So I think there's a clear gap there. If there's, if the both guys are going to be like 20% owned, let's just say as an example, I mean, I think Neiman is like, you, you should be trying to get up there. So I agree. I want no part of answer with the way he's playing around the green right now. Um, it's also a longer course. So um, Connor's just not there might be a play that you could like take a shot with, but again, his around the green, probably not going to save you. I think the guy that is interesting, I, I spoke about like his, his course history is terrible, but Berger is like, he's really not doing anything poorly right now, except putting like, he's very much like Sanjay. The around the green was good at, at Charles Schwab. He was T 23 there. So again, like didn't, he made some bogeys, but again, those are like three putts. Didn't make any doubles. Berger's got to like have a decent finish at this event at some point. It just feels like. So I think the the, the real pivot is Berger. And I don't think he's going to be highly owned at all. It's not. But you could certainly play him with Neiman. And, and like, you know, again, I, I think that that'll really bring down your ownership on Neiman. So yeah, Neiman to me, the play. But Berger is, is the guy I have some interest in potentially as like the, the low owned play. Yeah, I'm not going to advocate that you want your guys to play shitty in majors, but I will say <laughs> that it's magnified to, I think, an extreme degree. In reality, it really is just one tournament. And Cantlay and Berger specifically have killed people in those tournaments. And it's like, oh, my God, they're just awful. Berger's yeah. been absolutely fine. He yeah. was just terrible at the Masters and the PGA. Everything else has been stellar. And he is trending as the lowest owned guy in the entire range, like by far. Uh, him and answer. I'll, I'll put answer in there, but I don't really like the setup for him. 
Yeah, I Neiman Donnie baseball. That's around chat. the green game is just it's it's yeah. awful right now. Like I do not know what he's doing. So yeah. <laughs> I'm just not there. And on that note, in chat, Neiman's short game has improved so much. He's still only 23. Like he's just getting yeah. so much better around the yeah. green. He's a complete player. Yeah. <laughs> Last guy, and then we'll get to the mid-range. You're, are you going to play Keegan? Who uh, Keegan has been consistent this year, but man, the putter at times, <laughs> very bad. Is yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe I. I mean, we're giving all these props to guys like Homa and Sanjay. I mean, we, I guess we kind of got to give the same kind of you know experience advantage to Keegan. Keegan or Mito, I mean, I, I would probably play Keegan this week. It, I, don't, I don't really like the, that coming out of my mouth or hearing it, but like it's it's it. it's true for these setups. I think that's the way that that's ten, tends to be the way I play when we get to these kind of courses where it's just you know experience again, just the the setup. You know, Keegan's played Jack Nicholas setups well. He's played well at the Honda Classic before. He's obviously played well here. Riviera, I know it's not Jack Nicholas, but it's it's a it's a comparable setup. Um, I think you got to give it. He, he's just really consistent. And, and the putter is probably not going to save you, but um, you know, he's, he's definitely played well in every other facet of the game this year. And I know I've, I've read a couple things, like he's confident about himself right now. And I think that whenever you can get a PGA player like that, who's like backing it up with stats, but also just seems to have a little bit of swagger with them. You should probably just keep playing them. Like it's, it's probably going to work out. So I don't, again, I'm not going to like go in my way to be like hundred percent Keegan Bradley, but yeah, I, I might actually play him over Mito this week. I, I, at the very least, if you're asking me straight up, you know, Mito is probably the the fade for me. Um, is is around the green game isn't as good as some of the other players, and he just doesn't have the experience of like Bradley. So, it's it's definitely a fade of Mito. I'm not sure I'm going to allocate those shares necessarily to Keegan. Yeah, uh, but I, I'm with you because I want to talk now. Let's get to the sevens. <sighs> is that? I, is he? He he does seem Seems like Patrick like Reed is back. He <laughs> yeah. gained in all four categories. The around the green and putting never left, but he was non-competitive off the tee for about two to three months. He's now gained off the tee in three of four. It's not massive, but it's not losing him the tournament. It's kind of like Cam Smith-esque, and everything else is world-class. So seventh at Charles Schwab, 34th at the PGA. That's the best stretch by far we've seen of him. 7,900, the popularity is going to come, but I think this is the time to buy on Patrick Reed. Seems like it, man. I mean, I don't, yeah. I mean, I, I look Patrick Reed when he's down here and when he's still available at good odds, he's, he's tended to pay off and like elite fields don't bother Patrick Reed either. So, um, you know, and again, like it's kind of just like a pedigree thing. Like everyone's going to play Chris Kirk um, and even like Matt Kuchar at this point. Like I, I like those play. I like Chris Kirk, but like he's not as good as Patrick Reed at golf. Like he's just no. he's just not. Like his upside isn't as good. Patrick Reed's upside is that he'll win this event. Like if the putter gets going, so um, that's how confident he can be. It's it's hard for me to sit here and say like. To me, he's just like the clear play. Like the, in terms of if you're going for maximum upside, play Patrick Reed in this range. And you know, again, that like goes down to Chris Kirk. Could also have some hot takes with guys under him potentially with the same kind of thinking, but I think Patrick Reed has shown us that like we should be trusting him at this point. And also, since we're on the Patrick Reed subject, I don't know what his odds are for the U.S. Open right now, Ben. But like, Ooh. I'm going to be betting him for the U.S. Open this week. Um, that to me, like, if he keeps showing form, the odds will get shorter. And also, you know, it's it's kind of like a nice edge. I mean, if you play him this week, maybe it doesn't pay off. You, you have the the ticket in a couple of weeks as well. So I think you buy into the form in some way, shape or another with Patrick Reed. I will say, if you do think that Reed is back, you you absolutely should bet him now for the, because like say Reed top fives here that you mentioned at Dodds yeah. or you're, you're like completely gone. Yeah. Do, do you feel the same way? On, and he hasn't shown the signs, but like you, you have Jason Day sitting there sub 10%. I'm glad you brought him up. Mayo yelled at me for bringing him up yesterday. So, okay. I'm not going to yell. I mean, I'll let you take the bullet though. If he crashes and burns, I'm not recommending him. Oh, I've, I've already taken the Jason. Okay. Bullet, so I'll just take another one. Yeah. Um, I just, when I look at Jason yeah. day, every time that I see something around the green and with the putter, the ball striking is gone. And then yeah. the ball striking comes no putting all of a sudden. What, what yeah. do you make of it? Is it in there? Is it just a matter of putting it all together? Yeah. I, I think what you're seeing with Jason day is just a player who, He's been like, he's, he's just, he's been so long since he's gone through like consistent stretches where he's been able to like compete practice, et cetera, that 
it's just hard. It's hard to do everything at once. Like when you're, you know, I mean, even when you go out and play like a game of golf, like oftentimes it's like, oh, my driver's great, but like I legitimately cannot hit a nine iron, like, but like it without hitting it into the trees or shanking it. And then like the next time you go and your nine iron's perfect and you can't hit, like you, you can't hit like off the tee at all. You're just topping it. So it's, it's like that, but like obviously to a way higher degree with Jason day, where it's just like, things are just a little bit off because he hasn't been able to practice. That's what it seems like to me, but I really like the fact that the around the green game and putter has come back for Jason day, because that was like, okay. At the start of the year. And then, like you said, it kind of went away and now it's come back. He's made three cuts in a row. We saw the big ball striking week at the Wells Fargo, but so we know it's in there. Like we know better ball striking is in there. And now with the confidence flowing and now at a venue where it's tough around the green matters a lot and experience matters. Like I think there's, there's good DFS upside with Jason day. I don't know if I'm necessarily going to get there from betting, but like for DFS at 7,600. Yeah, I will take the bullet. I think that with it's, it's similar story with Patrick Reed. We don't have quite as good recent form, but the upside with day is probably, I mean, Siwoo's got pretty good upside too, but like day's playing better than Leishman. Um, you know, you get this range is interesting because like, we're going to talk about Aaron wise too, but I think days is, is playable this week. Let's, let's leave it at that. Um, and you're not going to have to go much to go overweight on him either. I think the important thing for me with day, and I'll actually just put Adam Scott in the same breath is that I, I'm not saying that I'm looking to get to them, but on certain teams, where I need some leverage, I don't think taking a guy with a lot of experience in an easier to make cut is the worst idea in the mid sevens like this. So like if I like Fitzy and Lowry and I want Neiman too, well, I have done absolutely nothing to leverage. Maybe a guy like this is part of the differentiation. So I like that. Now you've got Wise and Norin. Uh, I mean, what's there to say with these guys? Wise is starting to show it with the putter. But yeah. the ownership is there. Noren's trending around five percent. Take them and anyone else you want in the in the sevens because I think it drops off pretty fast now. It really does drop off fast. Um, like day, I'm probably just going to skip Siwoo this week. He's just kind of just seems a little bit, you know, not quite sharp. But day, Noren, and Wise. I mean, I, I, at the end, I, I think this is this is a good leverage play because it you don't really want to go deeper than that. But all three of them offer like you know, pr- pretty tantalizing, like top 20, you know, ability. Right. I mean, in a lot of different ways, Norton did top 20 year last year. I think wise probably has the best shot of actually like doing something crazy, like, you know, potentially competing on Sunday. Um, the, the approaches have been there right up there with some of the best players. Again, it's just like when this guy gets going and he puts it all together, you're going to have a massive week and we've seen him do it. We've seen him compete and, and, you know, get up there in majors before we know he played well here last year. So Again, I think like pure upside, it's probably close between those three guys that we talked about and we could throw Adam Scott in there, but like, I, I kind of like wise the most. I mean, that if, if, if you can just figure out the greens early in the week, man, like I, I think that you, you can see a player here who, who could potentially compete. I, I think his talent level is comparable to some of the other players on tour playing well right now. He's just certainly can't figure out the consistency yet, but player with a ton of talent, you know that. Um, yeah, I definitely... And, and a player, I like. If you're asking me who to bet outright, one of those guys that we've talked about, it's probably Aaron Wise. I think he's got oh. the best shot of, like I said, doing something crazy like winning. So I think there's, to me, it's not that close in that regard because I would also say that Aaron Wise is the most likely to get cut as well. It's just a bigger <laughs> range of outcomes. To me, Norin yeah. is a very solid. I expect him to make this cut and hover yeah. around 20th and do what he does. Uh, he's shown that here, but man, it it really becomes to me tournament centric low owns and the ownership dictates that once you get below lies we don't have anybody projected even close to 10 percent until we get down into the lower sixes a couple guys and i think that's going to update it's target rich environments but who are the flyers you're looking is it ricky ct pan Harmon off the bounce back who was like 50 percent owned last week in high stakes i mean what do you what do you see here yeah, Brian, that Brian was Harman. insane. That Just, was that was a self. That was quick too. That was like it's over, you know, like by by instant. whole nine. So at least it was quick. Quick. It wasn't you know dra- dragged out. So, um, yeah. I mean, like, there's really no safe haven play here, right? Like, I mean, people are probably going to flock to CT Pan a little bit. Finally, just realizing that this guy's like making every cut and gaining strokes every week. 
but it's, I don't think it's necessarily like a play you have to go to. I, I am, I am interested in Lahiri this week. I mean, oh, um, okay. I mean, why not? Like it's, he, he seems pretty focused right now. I mean, again, like a player who's just playing with confidence. Um, he's got good course history here too. I don't know if you remember that one year, but he was like T2. He shot like 65 in the final round. Like, um, I, I think there's good vibes with Lahiri at this course. So I'll buy into it for the main fact that like, we all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com holiday i think that you could make a case for every player between like 7500 and like 7k like going down to like russell knox even so there's really nobody here that that necessarily stands out i mean i will gently point out that like ricky fowler i don't think has ever missed a cut at the memorial if he has it's like one in like a decade so you know as far as just guys you want to make the cut i mean ricky coming off a decent a couple of events, you know, he's again, like gaining a little bit on a str- on approach. Um, the putter has been a little bit better around the green has actually been pretty good. He's probably the most likely to make the cut of these guys. I mean, of, of anyone in this range, which sounds crazy. And it kind of speaks to how weak the, the range is, but you know, if, if you're looking for at 7,200, we're really maybe not looking for guys to just, you know, bail us out with like a win. I mean, Ricky's probably going to make the cut. Like, that, that almost just feels like the play, but I do like Lahiri's for potential upside. I, I think that again, um, he's something about this course. He just likes, he just likes coming here. Maybe it's a Nicholas thing set up. I don't know, but uh, 7,200. Yeah. I, I think like for a tournament, that is maybe where I'd lean. It's listen, the, the good thing about this range is that you can take some opportunities. And if one of these guys gets cut, you shouldn't, in my opinion, have a large percentage of your portfolio tanked because yeah. you don't need 30% Lakiri to, to six exit. It's it's crazy. Uh, 7,400 and below one spot left. You guys think Lakiri? Yeah, yeah, it would be Lakiri or Ricky for me. Yeah, it really um, kind of depends on on like what the yeah. rest of your lineup looks like, obviously, I, and like what you're entering. But I, I think I, those are two guys I would key on. Yeah, I, I want to say Woodland, but I just can't. I'm, I'm kind of just giving up on Woodland. He'll probably win this week now. Of course. Like I, I've, I've taken my shots with him. I just, it, he just, I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's a really weird season for Woodland. Like T6 and then like missed cuts and then like T10 and then I don't know. Denny McPutz is here. He legitimately gains seven strokes every week with the putter. Hasn't lost with the putter since January, but everything else is kind of a mess. I don't think this is the best course. I've been playing him a lot. I'd rather play Harmon or Knox. Uh, let's open it up. We got about 10 minutes left. The 6k range is upon us. There are definitely names here. There's no doubt. Yeah. Where do you look? Was there a couple guys that stood out as you look for your last man in? Yeah. I mean, it's funny. Like, like you said, like the, the, the 6k range, the mid 6k range is actually, I think going to be way more popular this week than like the low 7k range. So, um, obviously Brandon Steele is just like, you know, he's, he's going to be chalky. I mean, he's, but it's for, for good reason. I mean, he's mashing the ball. Um, you know, he's got really good course experience. So it's, you know, Brandon Steele is a guy who can kind of like, you know, three putt a few times, but when he's playing this well, he does kind of grind out a lot of mid cuts. And, um, I I don't really, I I think he's kind of just someone you should, you should play. Like I I really do. I, I, I don't rarely say that about chalky players in the six K range, but like, I, I don't really have a reason to like, just say like Brandon Steele is a bad play here. I think he's underpriced. And I think that I, I like the experience with, with the player like that. So I've always called Brandon Steele, like the, 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 you know, the poor man's Keegan Bradley and like, you know, Keegan's 8,100 and they're both kind of playing similarly right now. So I kind of have to like uh, steal um, Patrick Rogers is, is always a player who oh, yeah. when I see any shape of form. I'll probably play uh, the setup is okay for him though. Again, like he's playing well off the tee which is good, especially for like the long par fours and the par fives. And, and you need to score on the par fives. And he's, if his ball striking is doing okay, that's good because Rogers can save you. Even if he sucks with his irons with his putter. So I think Rogers at 6,800, he'll gain a little bit of ownership, but it won't be crazy. And I don't mind going there. Um, 
God, there was a player I completely just Champ. Who? Champ. I want to ask you about Champ and Wolf. Who are oh, down Champ. There. Okay. Well, if you got something to say about Champ, go ahead. No, not really. I think okay. you know they're always a common. We get that question every week, rightfully yeah. so. And I, I always say, like, if you want to go with an off the tee skill set, Cameron Champ, when he has his formula, is unstoppable. You're just not going to get it too often. And I think the strain around the green here, it's hard. Uh, yeah, he, he's going to outscore his placement points if he makes the cut. But if those blow up holes come on Friday, he's done. Uh, and I think that's kind of what we get. I would recommend EVR, but I don't want to lose my job. Uh, I can't do that responsibly anymore. He's just a disaster. I do think he's talented, but I'm not sure I see a lot here. I agree that Brendan Steele is the obvious play. I, I actually don't hate EVR this week. Um, yeah, of course, because it makes sense, but then he he no, doesn't do anything. And then next week he'll finish like T5 after he blows up for us. Um, but yeah, Champ, well, who would you rather play, Champ or Wolf? I I, I think Champ it has to be the guy you, you kind of lean with, isn't it? Like he can kind of, again... The putting can get so hot with Cam Champ. That's that's where I would leave. That's where I was going. I don't. I don't. I'm probably not going to take a shot with either of these guys. But Wolf is not doing like Cam Champ has some clear weaknesses to his game. Wolf has no assets to his game right now. There's nothing. <laughs> and I'm a huge Wolf long term guy. It's just yeah. There's nothing there. I'd rather play Figula. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, yeah, man. Like after that T25 by Wolf, I really thought we were going to see something, but Same. I don't know. Maybe, maybe at the, the rocket mortgage, he'll show back up or something like that. Uh, any, uh, any love for, for Chesco who's, you know, turned into like Matt Kuchar at this point. I uh, well, I got it. See, I don't know what this, I don't even, is it L I V or is it live? This, I, the, I, so I, I think everyone's just been calling it live. Okay, well, I, the live people just take these guys away, and I think Molinari is one of them, so I don't have to deal with it because I, I, I don't know what to do with him. I, the form is ever, all over the map. The stats are all over the map. Yeah. He does gain off the tee at times without being long, but I think for me, I would rather go down to like, do I dare say Lucas Glover? Lucas Glover is striking it wildly yeah. good for this range he's in prime lucas glover form because he's he also losing putt. like three strokes on putting every week which yeah. is why he's finishing like t40 instead of like t4 so yes but yeah um i agree like i think lucas glover is someone you should be interested in i think that if you're pivoting if you are pivoting off steel or you just you know making some lineups i like Glover's the guy i would go to i mean you know evr like francesco i mean well, especially I don't, like I I just don't think the upside's there with with Molinari right now enough to play. So I think Glover is is like a better a better pivot off of Steel if you're going there, or you could even play them both. Um, although maybe that's asking like taking too much you know fire into one one can. But um, yeah, I think Glover's definitely playable. Um, the Gala is semi interesting, and then it, yeah, I don't know. I don't really have a hot take on the rest of these guys. Is Chuck Howell the third doing anything? Mm, no, I was looking at, so don't play him. I want us to get that out there right now. <laughs> okay, we're gonna Higo, talk about if Higo was in form, I think this would be an interesting spot for him, but he's okay. not. Kitayama and Svensson are 63. They've shown a little, particularly Kitayama. I'm not, yeah. uh, you know, I target him in Europe quite a bit uh, when he was over there. He has shown that particularly off the tee, he's not going to lose this tournament off the tee he may lose it with the putter he may be outclassed but i think that he gives you a, a chance if you're in a jam and you don't want to play bo hostler who is the obvious move I, I don't mind taking a shot i think the europeans you mentioned will it i think they are at a distinct advantage in some of these uh type of courses so that would be yeah. my one off the wall play down here kdm is interesting yeah he's he played well at uh at honda too which again like kind of a jack nicholas setup or at least i think he redesigned it or something so yeah that's interesting kitty am is, is definitely playing to consider he could and i mean like kitty am he's gonna make you bogeys but like he could definitely score on the par fives so um i like i like him just as a player i think you, you may even see him win at some point like maybe in the fall um now it gets you see so you got you got grio at 62 yeah another player pat yelled at me for um <laughs> okay. I, oh. 
Grillo. I mean, I, I don't want to play Bo Hosler at 6,200. Like, I just don't because I it just seems like a trap. It's like, haha, okay, you got like Bo Hosler's playing well. Here he is at 6,200. Big just, trap. It, you just, it just feels like you're going to get like the, the floor pull, pulled out of you if you play Bo Hosler, but it does stick out. I mean, you know, this, like he gained, he gained everything last week. We know that he could just gain eight strokes putting any week too. I don't know. I just, I don't really have like a, a great pivot. I mean, Grillo, will it maybe can gain five strokes around the green and make the cut here again? I feel like Bo's got to be the play. I mean, I think it, I, 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 maybe this is not going to be helpful. Sorry, people. I, I think that Bo Hostler is a trap, but I also think he is the play down here. My goal no. would be to not go down this slow, even though there are some names. You can go into the 65, you know, range. I don't see a lot here. And if you're going to do it, maybe, maybe look to some of these other guys. Charlie Hoffman is the flat min. I'm not sure I really want to do that, but uh, yeah, I don't confirm. Don't want to do that. I want to ask you one, one more question about this range and then we'll give some final thoughts and bounce on out. I'm not going to do it. I don't think, but was Ryan more hurt or we have not seen him since waste management. And he is in the field and he is 6,200. And this is a guy that he has played Memorial very well. Historically, yeah. he's made six of the last seven cuts. I just don't know why he hasn't played in like three months. I was legitimately going to look up Ryan Moore this morning. Cause I mean, I, I actually do want to create some lineups like with players in this range. That's why I, I'm struggling so much with like this mm-hmm. Bull Hosler nonsense. So um, I actually don't know. And I know he's got a good course history. Like he likes this course. He does. So it's something that I don't have an answer right now. I'm quickly trying to like find up some news. Chat mentioned maybe it's his back. So that's something to keep an eye on. He's Um, he's definitely struggled with injuries throughout his career. I know at one point, like he had a major wrist injury. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, you're talking, I would, I would legitimately think that Ryan Moore here would be under 1%. Oh, for sure. Under 1%. You're you put them on one team, even in a large GPP portfolio. I don't think it's that crazy to at least consider him. Yeah. Uh, Cause the range is pretty weak. Of course. It's pretty weak. I'll throw one more name. And we talked, I think we talked about this guy last week it was Snedeker. Yeah. His approaches came back last week. Um, the Potter still hasn't got hot. So he weirdly doesn't play this event like ever. So I'm, that stranges me out a little bit, but I think it's 6,100 that is kind of a guy I'd lean towards. Um, again, like if, if his approaches can, can hold up, can at least scrape by for you and who knows what happens, you know, if, if the, the Snedeker putter gets going on the weekend. So I'm looking at Sneds. Duffner is another guy actually. Did oh boy. No, never mind. Sorry. I don't even just, I didn't say <laughs> that name. I, for some reason, I thought he made the cut last week, Ben, and I thought, no. but yeah, okay, he didn't, and it's terrible. Don't even, Sned- just everybody edit that, please. <laughs> Strike that from the tape. Uh, Sneds, if he, and this is a big if, if he can survive off the tee, because he could take you out, is really weak off the tee, but the rest yeah. of his game, significantly better than this range. Last guy, and he's not playable, but I may never get a chance to say that he's in a field. Curtis Luck is here, and I always liked Curtis Luck. but Curtis Luck grabbed me a big win on the corn Ferry tour i think it was two years ago so i always have respect for curtis luck and this guy can absolutely get it done around the green so wizard wiz absolute wizard man um, yeah i thought he was going to be great not so fast but yeah that's where i'm at yeah. oh sam Ryder's the flatman there you go hole hole in one specialist <laughs> himself missing five straight cuts all right we have talked about a lot if we missed a guy and you say hey what about this guy Tomorrow night, me and Jason Roslin live before lock. We will talk about that. We'll build lineups, everything in between. Before we duck on out of here, Jeff, any final thoughts? We've got you at the Fantasy Grind. Anything else you want to get into the show? No, absolutely. Yeah, you can give me a follow at the Fantasy Grind uh, on Twitter. But, um, you know, main thing for me is just going to be trying to figure out, um, you know, a couple guys who I want to bet at the top of the board. I think Hovland is definitely going to be on there. Um, and then it's like, I, again, I, I just stress it. Like this is a week where I've talked about guys under 6,500 more than I ever have this week, probably for any tournament. So definitely going to be making some lineups, like a little bit like that. I think you take advantage of the setup and the fact it's an invitational. And I think that'll just give you unique lineups on its own by starting with like two guys over 10 K. So that's kind of my take on this week. 
there it is hit the like button show us the support if you appreciate the show it's free and it really does help us out a ton and if you're not a subscriber click subscribe 77,000 other people did it and nothing bad happened to them I don't think so you will be part of the club thanks to Tyler behind the glass and of course stay tuned all afternoon we've got shows breaking down each and every sport Yahoo fantasy get over there as well friends good luck enjoy the day I'll talk to you guys tomorrow we all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday new on curiosity stream i'm james burke i'm going to take you on a journey through time james burke's visionary series returns reimagined for our time now this is all uncharted territory the washington post hails burke as one of the most intriguing minds in the western world the new york times raves he careens from one great moment in history to another where do we want to go from here experience all new connections so what's the next connection with monthly annual and bundled plans find the one that works for you at curiositystream.com